The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, Mike Camping here, coming in hot after a Facebook, Instagram Live that we did that got a ton of good feedback that I wanted to redo for you here in podcast land. So this is specifically for owners of cleaning companies that have $20,000 a month or more in revenue who are committed to growing now. If that's you, buckle up, you're in the right spot. So let's start with talking about kind of the landscape of where we're at now. There's a couple of unique things. We've been coaching exclusively owners of cleaning companies for the last seven years. There's a couple of unique things that are going on right now that I wanted to share with you to set the tone um, before we, we dive into what to do and how to do it. So first and foremost, as you probably have noticed, uh, and that's why I love speaking to people that are uh, $20,000 and over in revenue, they've typically been around for a little while. So some of these problems you're going to be familiar with and go, yeah, I know what that is. And the solutions uh, I think are really going to be helpful. So you're probably noticing that things that used to work before aren't working anymore. Two main things have happened that I want to make sure that you're aware of, uh, or uh, that you're probably aware of, but I want to make sure that we integrate into our solutions. So first and foremost, things that were working pre-COVID um, may not be working as much now, not so much in the cleaning piece, but when it comes to um, getting new clients and getting new customers. So oftentimes things that scaled earlier aren't aren't working to scale now. The second piece of that is the, th- the systems and processes that got you from zero to 20 typically aren't the systems and processes. Uh, most of what you guys are doing isn't going to get you from 20 to 50 or 20 to 100. So we're going to make sure we're specific on that. So there's both a timing issue and there's the what you're doing that worked before issues that were not working now. That's the big thing of this podcast. So you can not continue to be frustrated with... <clears throat> The fact that you keep doing the same things, but you're not getting the same results. You're not continuing to get results. Um, So there's a COVID piece. The second piece is uh, if you're like me and and many, if not most people, we believe that uh, we're either in, this is being recorded December, 2022, like the very end of of December, um, that we're either in a recession or we've got a recession coming down on us. That creates fear and uncertainty which creates, yes, challenges. And I think we're all aware of the challenges, but also creates unique opportunities. And I want to make sure you, Cleaning Nation, take advantage or at least able to take advantage of those opportunities. So when the recession, uh, even a fear of recession can almost be as bad as a recession because you don't really know you're in a recession until afterwards looking back like, holy heck, we were in a recession. So that's part of the reason I think we're in now. But the reality is it's not just the recession, it's the fear of the recession and the emotions associated with that creates the phenomenon we're going to talk about next. So first and foremost, you may have noticed uh, over the last couple of years, or certainly during COVID, when people were staying home, the government was paying them to stay home. It was really hard to find labor, um, which is fine. There's things that you can do. And we're going to talk about that of how to make sure you get labor. But what happens is typically, and again, we've been doing this seven years, so we've been kind of in all of the different economic scenarios that I think we're going to experience. And COVID was hopefully a once in a lifetime thing. So when you're in a, a time like COVID where the availability of labor was low, but the demand for low-cost labor work like we do for cleaning companies creates um, hard-to-find labor, but it's fairly easy to get jobs and price discussion or pressure on pricing is almost non-existent. People just want to know that you can do it. Huge opportunity there. Now things are changing. The government's not paying people to stay home as much. (laughs) Unfortunately, they're still paying people to stay home, but not as much. 
Um, but when we go into recession, all of a sudden money isn't as freely flowing as it was kind of during COVID the government was just printing out a bunch of money. Um, so the price pressure goes up. So on commercial, they're not going to cancel their cleaning for the vast majority, but, um, negotiations on price and how high they value the price is, is going to go up on residential. You've got to be more specific about your niche because, um, you know, before maybe the top third of people could be would be interested in or could afford cleaning, and now um, when price pressure goes up, maybe just the top fifteen or twenty percent, right? So you've got to be a little more specific of, of who you deal with. The good news is um, the people that need it need it, and they're still going to pay. So again, there's an opportunity uh, to be a better marketer, to be more specific in your messaging. There's definitely opportunity here as much as challenge. The next thing is. Uh, recession brings a large new cohort of people to compete with. We saw this last time there was a bad uh, recession. A lot of people get fired from corporate America and they come in, they're like, hey, I'm going to come in and start a cleaning business, which is great. You know, as coaches of owners of cleaning companies, that's great. But for the people already here, they come in with a little corporate background, sometimes some financial backing that you don't have. And they've just got some experience that you may not have and they're going to compete with you. So this is really a time where you want to tighten up on uh, your systems and processes to make sure this doesn't steamroll you, right? You don't come in un, unexpected. All right. So there's three big things that, and for those of you that have been uh, fans for a while, you're going to notice a lot of these are similar to what you've heard before. The difference is A, they were optional before, a really good idea. Now they're almost becoming required. And same thing with the time of uh, that we're in in our history, as well as when you go from 20 to 100, you need to be a lot tighter than when you go from zero to 20. So the big three things are pricing, promotion, and people. Pricing, promotion, and people, we're going to go through each right now. So the pricing problems that you're going to run into at 20K that you could kind of get away with at that level from the zero to 20, but you're not going to be able to get away with build a million dollar business. Um, there's one, two, three, four, five. So the first one is obviously when you're starting, you're cleaning yourself and it's all profit. If you charge a guy a buck to clean his house, well, you know, aside from gas and stuff, you get to keep a buck. But when you get to 20K and above and you want to scale and not have a cleaning job or a job where you and some buddies are cleaning or you and friends are cleaning, but a real business, um, you start having real business expenses like cost of goods sold for labor, um, overhead, which so many new business owners in the cleaning company don't understand. And again, when people come from corporate, they get it. You know, a lot of times when I coach the under 20 folks, under 20K a month in revenue, and I ask them what, sometimes over what their expenses are, they are wildly, they don't understand because they don't track it well. And they're like, I keep all of it or my payroll, you know, I'm at 20 grand a month, my payroll is 10. So I keep 10 and that's not even close to the truth. So it's really important that you price in such a way to, to understand that real companies, certainly million dollar companies have uh, expenses and cost of goods sold. It's not reasonable to keep half of your revenue, right? If you're doing 50 or hundred grand a month in revenue for cleaning to think you're going to keep half is not a real business, right? So that's first, you got to make sure you understand how to price because when you're just starting, you don't have as, you know, you can kind of get away with not as much expenses. And I don't want to say it's not a real business, but you know, when I go to Walmart, if I get a job making 15 bucks an hour, I get to keep all 15 bucks an hour. But when I have a business, there's real expenses like advertising, professional development, credit card processing fees, cell phones, rent, um, mileage, insurance. There's just, there's stuff, right? So we got to make sure that you understand that. So that's a big switch from zero to 20 and kind of be sloppy there, but from 20 to 50 or hundred, you've got to be really clear on what you're pricing properly. So you understand cost of goods sold expenses and there's enough money. The second thing is, and this all has to do with the pricing at the beginning. Um, we charge by the hour, right? We think that 
you know, and that's how you, you charge commodities, right? You're like a labor service, like, you know, labor force, you can go to them and be like, well, they pay 15 bucks an hour and they charge you 20 or 22 or whatever. But if they pay 15, their cost is 18. So when they charge 25, it's only a $7 a month. You know, there's just not, it's a commodity thing. So we've got to make sure we get out of commodity pricing. Cause then you're just a labor provider and that's very low margin work. You want to be a problem solver, right? You want to make sure you understand that you're solving a problem. So for us and our coaches, if we just said, Hey, you know, pay us and you can talk with us on the phone periodically or ask questions or whatever the case, or watch some videos or whatever the case may be, that's very low value. However, we understand the problem that we're solving is we go, Hey, we can help you build a million dollar cleaning company. That's worth a lot more than watching videos. So what that sounds like for you as an owner of a cleaning company is you can say, Hey, I will pay people to clean your toilet, but everybody's like, well, I can clean a toilet. That might be worth 20 bucks an hour, 15 bucks an hour to me. But when you really sell them on what they want, which is I want time with my family for residential. I want to come home from a hard, hard day's work and feel like I'm safe and and comfortable and happy and, and cared for. You can charge a lot more for that. And it brings a lot more value on the commercial side is again, the same thing. I can... <clears throat> you know, pay it, pay someone to come in and clean a toilet for you. Like, well, I could just get Susie or someone on staff to do that. What you're really selling is you can focus on the business that you do and the important job that you were hired for, for not fooling with the facilities ma management, right? You can do higher level things, not cleaning toilets. So it's really important you shift from labor providing, which is low value commodity work to high value problem solving, right? The, and I promise you, when you start on the commercial side, getting into five and $10,000 a month jobs, they know the intricacies and the complexity to solve a problem of having five, six, you know, 20, 30, you know, three or four labors, five, six labors, 20 to 50 hours per day of labor that needs to be done of low labor. That's a, that's a real problem. I promise you. And they get it. The more that they spend, the more they understand. So don't charge by the hour. You're going to solve problems. Um, the next thing is that you can kind of get away with on the littler companies is charging in advance, right? A lot with the residential, a lot of people just charge uh, after they do the service, which is fine when you have 20 clients, but when you have 200, you know, you're charging 10 clients credit cards a day, that gets to be a part-time problem. And then they cancel more. They, um, the quality of client is better. Their commitment is worse when people who pay, pay attention. So if you get them to pay in advance, they're much more valuing of your service. So it's really important. And then on the commercial side, you start doing this net 30, net 60. And I was there, I fell for people making me feel stupid, like a dumb little business owner, like everybody takes net 45 or whatever the case is. Oh, okay. If that's what I need to do to get the job. And then we, we get afraid, we get fearful that we're going to lose the job. So we, we compromise on either how much we charge or when we get paid. And really that's lack of confidence and it's lack of the ability to get enough leads. So we don't have to be desperate. We're going to talk about that in a minute in promotion. Um, so really important, you know, when you're beginning, if you get paid whenever, and you know, there's risk associated with that and work associated with that, it's not that big of a deal because you're a little company. So there's not as much risk and not as much work. Um, you start being a million dollar business and you've got 50 or a hundred thousand dollars of receivables that can really kink your ability to do your job. So again, things that we have to tighten up when we want to go from 20 to 50. Um, same thing with um, how they pay, right? Like, especially in residential, this isn't as much of a deal with commercial, um, but with residential, it's like, I'll pay in a sack full of nickels. I'll write a check. I'll leave a stack of money under the the you know the front door or whatever, just sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. As you start scaling, credit cards, debit cards, ACHs, you've got to get systems and processes where everybody pays at the same time in advance and they pay the same way, typically by ACH or credit card, not by checks or cash, certainly not by cash. And I know little businesses are like, oh, if I pay by cash, I don't have to tell the government or, you know, under the table. Again, for a little 
cleaning company where you're just cleaning toilets yourself. We're not going to get into the morality of doing that, but the risk is a lot less when you start building a million dollar company and just having cash isn't a great idea, especially when you go to sell it. No one's going to pay you for that cash, right? So um, as you start to get to be quote unquote, a big real business, you want to make sure you do things right. Um, last thing is from zero to 20, we kind of feed, we can do checkbook accounting. Well, however much money I got my checkbook, that's that's how much I got. Um, as we start getting larger, you need to really understand your key numbers. Um, certainly if you want to grow, because what happens is we don't look at our books because we're afraid to look like, oh, I don't want to see what it says, or we don't know how to, tr- what, imp- what data is important or what data is not important. Um, and even if we did know what's important when it's bad, we don't know how to fix it. So we're going to talk about that real quick right now. Let's talk about pricing practices that will scale. So those are the problems and some of the solutions. Let's get the kind of distilled down solution. First and foremost, you want to know, track, and review your key metrics. So it's really important to know what are and are not key. And I'm going to share that with you right now. Um, and you want to do those monthly, right? And you want to use that data to make changes. So the big key things that you're going to need, and this is what we coach our clients to do, certainly at that 20000 and up uh, range, sales. Most people kind of get that. Most entrepreneurs we talk to know their sales. Cost of goods sold as a percentage, almost nobody knows that, right? What's my percentage of sales that are cost of goods sold? We coach from 45 to 50%. So if you're doing you know, $50,000 a month in revenue, 25 of that or less should go to payroll, all in on payroll, workers' comp, payroll expenses, payroll taxes, all that stuff. Um, and then expenses, typically under 30%. And when you're a littler business, you know, if you're doing $10,000 a month, 30% is only 3,000 bucks a month to run your whole company. When you're doing 100 grand a month, that's 30,000 to run your whole company. You can kind of get that down maybe to 25%. Um, and most people don't know their total expenses, especially if you're under 20K, they think it's zero or they vastly underestimate them because they just pay them out of their checking account and don't have real accounting for it. So this is where the real accounting will help you know it. So sales, cost of goods sold, expenses, and then profit. Believe it or not, most people don't know what their profit is. They say things like, I put all my, my money back into the company. But what that means is there's no profit, right? Unless your company checking account is growing every month, there's no profit. And you say, I'm reinvesting in my company. But again, that presupposes there's a lot of truths out there that aren't helpful. Like, oh, you have to, you know, most businesses, you know, aren't profitable for the first three to five years. Maybe that's the case. I don't know. But I know we we only help owners of cleaning companies and you can and should be profitable right out of the bat from day one. Um, and when I say profitable, I mean taking money out of the business. So that's why we have expenses, by the way. People don't understand what expenses are, that 30%. And they go, I don't have any expenses. But then they say crazy things like, I, I reinvest and put it all into the business. What they mean is I put all of my money into expenses. I just don't track it. So we want to make sure that we separate cost of goods sold, which is payroll and all the, you know, for your cleaners and all the associated, you know, payroll expenses, workers comp expenses, which are the things that run into the business. That's the reinvestment into the business. And there should be at least a 20% profit for you that you take out. Don't settle for no profit. All right. So that's on the cost. That's on the kind of financial side. And you're going to want to check that in your PL monthly. <clears throat> All right. The second piece, and this is where almost nobody gets, um, and again, from zero to 20, you can get away with it. When you start doing a million dollar business, you need these key figures. We call them uh, LBSs, leads, bids, sales, and then AIS, applicants interview starts. There's really three pieces to any business. You've got to sell the thing, you've got to deliver the thing, whether it's a product or service, and you got to count the money. So the sales, cost of goods sold, Overhead expense, overhead expenses, same thing in profit. That's the counting of the money. Leads bid sales is the selling the thing, and then applicants interview starts is the providing the service. Right, and so many people heartbreaking. I'll talk to them and say, "What's your number one problem?" They'll go, "I can't get employees. I can't get them to stay." And I'll ask a simple, 
simple question like, great, how many applicants have you gotten this month? Huh? I don't know. 50, 20, 100. We don't really track. Okay. How many interviews did you conduct? I don't know. How many people did you start or stop? Some people know, some people don't, but that's a big deal if that's your number one thing. So leads, bid, sales, applicants, interview starts. Applicants, interview starts are the key metrics you need to track on the client or the employee attraction side and leads, bid, sales, and the cost for each per um, lead source is on the client attraction side. So again, a lot of people brag with, well, we, you know, we don't use any client attraction and all of our stuff is repeat and referrals. Great way to go from zero to 20 repeat and referrals. Very difficult to go to a million. Sometimes on commercial, you can do that, but it's almost impossible to go to two or five. And even then you got to be very lucky in a very right market. And it's not a good, it's not a good bet, right? It's possible, but not what you want to bet on. What you want to bet on is paid traffic that you can control where you know exactly how much where to put money, how much to put in to get a lead, and how many of those leads turn into bids, how many of those bids turn into sales. So we've got a scalable, dependable, repeatable funnel. So that leads, bid, sales, applicants interview starts if you're going from 20 to 100K, really, really important. Um, And again, like we talked about before, once you do get the clients, they need to be a 45 to 50% cost of goods sold, meaning it costs less than half to provide the service because there's still expenses, I promise, and you still need a profit. Um, And you want to get them paid in advance. All these things are things that are important throughout business, but again, become almost required after 20K, certainly if you want to build a million dollar business. Oh, quick little note before we move on, larger contracts should not be cheaper. You know, when you go into like, and this is more on the commercial side, you know, when you're like, oh, I'm comfortable doing, you know, 500 to $2,000 accounts, but this is an $8,000 account. So I've got to give away the farm and I've got to, you know, do it really cheap with a 60 or 70% cost of goods sold. That's just fear. I promise you the larger the money, the bigger problem you're solving and people that are sophisticated at that level that are spending five, 10, $20,000 a month on facilities management, I promise you, they understand the depth of the problem. And you might be the new guy that doesn't understand the depth of the problem that you're solving because you haven't done it. So you're tempted to go cheap right? And give away the farm. I coach people all over the country. This is all we do for seven years that have the 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 a month contracts. Um, they should actually be as profitable, if not more profitable, because the, the risk that you're taking on is larger. The skill level to, to solve that problem is higher. The number of people that are able to solve that problem is lower in your area. So don't be fooled and think you're the guy that has to do it cheaper because again, you're taking on a lot of risk. You're solving a big problem. And if you don't have enough money to do it, you're going to screw them and and screw yourself. So make sure that uh, you still do 45 to 50% cost of goods sold. Um, And keep in mind, if they won't pay you, if they're fighting, there's only one of two problems. One, they don't understand the value of the solution that you provide. So if you're just providing labor. Yeah. There's not much margin in that, but don't provide labor, provides resources, provide solutions to problems. And I promise you guys that are spending five, 10 grand a month commercially on solving that facilities management problem, understand it's much more than labor. There's management, there's leadership, there's organization, there's systems and processes. There's a lot that goes into that. Um, Hey, amazing people. You may have noticed we don't sell a dadgum thing on this podcast. We don't allow ads. The only ask I can ever have of you guys is if you dig the show for you to spread the word and share so we can change as many lives as possible. Literally, it'll take you five seconds to give us a great review. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a listener and value the gift of your kind words. Now back to the show. Or they do understand yeah, it's almost always that your solution doesn't have enough value. And a lot of times the reason it doesn't have enough value to them is they value the wrong things, right? They don't 
if all they truly care about, and rarely, by the way, people only care about money. And you can find this out by just asking questions. When they say, I just want the cheapest thing, period, end of sentence, you can go, great, we can do it for you know whatever the cheap, cheap, cheap thing is. You don't need workers' compensation insurance, do you? And they'll go, well, of course I want that. Oh, all right, that's a little more expensive. Um, are you okay with people that just got out of prison in your building, in your home? Oh, no, we don't want that. Oh, okay, well, that's a little more expensive. Um, is it important to you that people have uniforms so you know who should and shouldn't be in your home and little picture ID badges so you know that they're verified? Oh, you do want that. Okay, that's a little more expensive. Would you like people that are trained or just have a bucket of Windex and some hope? So once you start explaining all the things they really do want, you realize what they really want is the best price for the result that they want, but the result is more important. For the very few, they're like, I don't care if you do it legally or illegally, or if these people are criminals, or I don't care about it, just the cheapest, cheapest price. That's probably the wrong person, right? So we don't want to try and convince the wrong person to want the right things. We want to just spend all of our time finding the right people and helping solve their problems, which takes us to the second P, promotion. So we just kind of covered pricing. Let's cover promotion. Promotion is just getting clients to come to you. And again, from zero to 20, if you're charming, you can do a lot of you know repeat referral business and fine. But from 20 to 50, you really need systems. So when we start with promotion, we kind of want to make our message for anybody that not want to, but the tendency is to make our message to anyone that's got money, we'll take it, right? And that's really not good from zero to 20, but it's almost impossible to scale from 20 to 100. It really starts rearing its head. You need to understand who your perfect prospect is, right? The fact that we only help owners of cleaning companies allows us to go so much deeper. And all the stuff that I'm being able to talk to you specifically about the recession and COVID and how it affects our industry and what your clients want and all this stuff is because this is all we do, right? So there are other coaches in the space that maybe are better coaches, but if they try to compete with our team, Grow My Cleaning Company, on how to grow a cleaning company, it's going to be impossible because we've got 900 podcasts. I've written two books. This is all we do. So the same thing goes for you. If you're like, oh, I'm going to do construction cleanup and VRBO, and I'm going to help housewives, and I'm going to help business owners, you're going to get slaughtered by someone that says, all I do is help these people, and I'm the best in the world at it, or at least the best in your town. So really important as you scale that you understand who your perfect prospect is. Some prospects are worth a lot more than others, right? When we're desperate, we'll take anybody, but we need to understand who our perfect prospect is and only take those ideal prospects. Um, again, we talked about the idea of I clean stuff for money. That's very low value. You need to understand what pain you really solve for your perfect prospect. So if we have the wrong prospect, we're going to fail. If we have the right prospect, we don't know the real problem we solve for them and we're really going to struggle. So we want to make sure that we um, know exactly who our ideal prospect is, what pain, what deep expensive pain we solve for them. Like you guys, I don't solve the pain of wanting to talk to me on a Zoom call or whatever. I solve the pain of you're stuck at 20,000, you want to be at 100,000. I can charge a lot more for that. Then again, that's why this podcast is completely free. It's the information that you want. Um, but most people, the vast majority, 99% can't get to a million dollars on their own just with information. They need help, right? So same with you. If you're just cleaning toilets, that's not something you can charge a lot of money for. But if you're helping them get more time for their family, do their job better, feel more uh, happy when they walk into their space, more uh, free, Again, you're really at the base, you're really selling time. And that's the most value resource any of us have. So, again, if you're just selling cleaning toilets, low value. If you're selling time, that's one of the highest value things that you can trade for. Okay. Um, the last thing on the promotion is we've got to move from bragging about I don't spend any marketing or any money on marketing and all of my all of my businesses repeat and referral business to having a scalable, repeatable, dependable way to get the right leads at the right price and be able to convert them. Um, and again, once you once you 
get past that $20,000 mark, referrals aren't as scalable, right? Because everybody kind of knows a certain amount of people and they've already showed you that or you know introduced you and they're not going to meet that many new people. So they're just not scalable. And many people get into paid advertising, which is much more scalable, but they don't know how to um, track or what to track. So they say, quote unquote, Facebook doesn't work, but they didn't really know what numbers to track or where to sell them, how to make it work. So let's talk about that. Um, the first thing we need to get over is going from the mindset of the the goal is to spend the least amount of marketing or the least amount of money on client attraction to actually being able to spend the most on client attraction. So if you don't know any of your data and you're just like, I spent 500 bucks on Facebook once and quote unquote, it didn't work, but you don't even know what that means. Like how many leads, bid sales you got, or I did a, a flyer and it worked okay. But again, you don't really know how many leads, bid sales you got. And you're competing with me, who's like, I know that if I spend $1,000 on Google this month, I'm going to get 27 leads. Um, 12 of those are going to turn into bids. Four of those are going to turn into sales. Those sales are going to be worth $1,600 a month of $800 gross profit. Like, if I know my numbers like that, you're going to have a very hard time competing with me. So it's really important to know your numbers. And when you start, it's okay having a losing campaign at the beginning. Most of them do. What's not okay is what you really get if you don't get the return on investment financially, you get data. So if the first month I spend $1,000 on Google AdWords or a flyer or um, telemarketing or whatever I'm going to or Facebook ads or Instagram ads or direct messaging people that you pay, whatever whatever that looks like for your blogging or SEO, there's just so much. I spend $1,000 and I, and I get maybe 16 leads and only one bid and no sales. I'm like, I wasted a thousand dollars. No, I got that data, right? Of those 16 leads, how come I didn't get that many bids and how come I didn't get that many sales? Or maybe the next month I spend a thousand, I get 25 leads and five bids and one sale. And I still lose money because that one sale is only worth 400 bucks a month, or I'll make money in three or four months, but I lost money today. As long as I take that data and keep getting better and better, I can um, get a I can get a funnel that works. And once I have a funnel that works, even if it takes me two or $3,000 in two or three or four months to test it, once I've got a funnel that works, that's worth millions, right? Once I get to the point where I'm like, I know I can get a lead for 30 bucks and a bid for a hundred and a sale for 200. My average, uh, my average monthly sales worth 400 a month, man, I can now scale. So really important to get away from spending the least amount of money to the most amount of money. This will allow you to be more selective about who you accept, right? We talked earlier about um, either taking poor payment terms or taking clients that don't want to pay enough or taking clients that aren't a core values match. You're just painting your neck. When you don't have very many leads coming in, of course, you're going to take the low quality people because that's the only options you have, right? But when you start getting more leads than you can handle, now you can be picky. So it really does. There's a lot of unintended benefits to being able to pay for leads and get all the leads that you want. Not only, obviously, does it let you scale to a million dollars, but it allows you to be much more selective about who you work with. Um, but it all comes down to knowing your cost per lead, cost per sale, cost per bid, um, via each source. And one of the big mistakes people make is, you know, if they've got one lead source that gets some sales at a hundred bucks a pop and one that gets them at $200 a pop, they go with a hundred. But the right answer is you take them both. Any positive ROI, you take them both because no one has infinite scale, right? If you send out flyers or Google, there's only so many leads that particular um, lead source can bring in. And you don't want to have all your eggs in one lead source. What if you're doing everything on Google AdWords and they double your ads or they stop working or something kooky happens, right? So you want to make sure all the you have as many positive lead sources. And when I say positive, positive ROI, like lead sources that have a positive return on your investment, you want as many of those as possible. That's going to allow you to get more leads, be more selective about who you take. So you take only the right people who really understand your value and they pay on time and they pay enough, right? All right. 
Um, let's go into the last thing, which is people. So we've covered pricing. We've covered promotion. Let's talk people. Um, again, when you're just starting at $20,000 or zero to five or 10, you might be competing with clients. When you get over 10 or 20,000, you realize you're competing for talent, right? Um, it's fairly easy to get clients. Sometimes it can be hard to manage people. That's why we get paid so well. Um, you know, at the beginning, you can do the first $5,000 a month of work. If you're married, maybe 10. If you've got a brother-in-law who's schoolish enough to come work for you, maybe 15 or whatever. But once you kind of run through family and refer and friends and friends of friends, um, and you want to scale, and that usually happens around that $20,000 mark, you've got to have a scalable, repeatable, dependable employee attraction system. We talked about a client attraction system. You have to have an employee. Um, some of the mistakes people make early on is they go, I'll just throw money at the problem. But they realize, honestly, if you're if 15 bucks is average in your area and you pay 20, you have the same exact problems. The only difference is you pay more. So your margins are thinner. You have less money to do the job. And the people tend to be more money motivated, right? So they'll leave you for money quicker than anything. Um, so the, the paying too much isn't is a dead end. The second thing is when you're first starting that zero to 20, there's just zero to like five of you. You see everybody every day. So you just being there and them getting spent time with you is really easy. It's not scalable, but it kind of works. Everybody knows you and feels you. And as long as you're having a good day, they're having a good day. But when you start scaling past 20K, you get 20, 30, 40 employees. Um, they're not all going to see you every day. You have to have systems and processes and a culture and core values that lead the team when you're not personally there. And then finally, the, the big thing that we run into is when you're starting, we get a little wobbly and, and, and kind of squishy when it comes to payment, how we pay our people, right? We either do it under the table or we call people that really are W-2s or arguably are W-2s. We call them 1099 thinking we're going to save some money. Um, we don't use a payroll company. Again, not great for zero to 20, but you can kind of sneak away with it. You're doing a million dollar company that is absolutely going to crush you. So I just encourage you, um, just start doing it right. Hire people from the beginning, use a payroll company. And again, these are typical business expenses that we think we're quote unquote cheating the system when we do it for free on our own. There's a reason real businesses use these, right? So have a payroll company, pay W-2, pay workers' compensation insurance. I've been in business 25 years with hundreds of employees. We've only had to use our workers comp twice and thank God we had it. Okay. So let's talk about how to use what kind of processes you need to scale your people end of the business from 20 to hundred K. Um, again, you can't just hustle and do friends and family. You need a client attraction system. You need a payroll company. So when somebody comes on, you're like, I don't know, how do I, what kind of paperwork do I do? You know, how do I do my W3s at the end of the year? Have a payroll company handle all that. They're experts in it. It's only going to be a couple hundred bucks a month and they'll know how to do that. Um, here's the key. If you're taking notes that employee attraction system must be running constantly. The big mistake our clients make is they come in, they don't have any system at all. They don't know their applicant's interview starts. They don't have a system. They don't have a process. We help them get all that in place and they start doing well and they think they're fully staffed and they go, oh, I can turn my system off. And then the problem is any of you guys that have been doing this for a couple of years, and if you're at 20K a month, it's likely that you um, you realize people quit, or maybe you don't realize, but if you look back, you'll realize people quit in bunches. So you, they, A, they quit or no show with no notice. And then probably once or twice, sometimes three times a year, there's a culling where two or three or four people quit all at the same time. A lot of that has to do with culture and core values, hiring based on, you know, you have a bunch of mercenaries, not missionaries, but even with a good culture, that might happen one time a year. So since it's happened before, you want to plan for that now. And they don't give you a notice, right? It just happens. And plus you might get a new job and plus people might quit. Plus people may not be great and you need to fire them, but because you don't have anyone coming in, you let them stay. There's a lot of things that happen where you don't know when you're going to need an employee. And really a, to hire the process that we teach can take a week, maybe 
you know, week just to get them hired and then a week or two to get them trained. So you could be two or three weeks out from a fully functional cleaner, but cleaners don't give you two or three weeks notice. And if they do, they typically don't do a great job in those two weeks or they just stop showing up sometime in there anyway. And many just no call, no show. And some you have to fire. So if it takes three weeks to really get someone built up, and sometimes you have to get two or three people in that two or three week process to get one good cleaner, the worst thing is for everyone to quit now or someone no call, no show, and you feel like, oh, I've got to start now, right? Like if you want some shade, you need to have planted a tree years ago, not now. If you need an employee now or a cleaner now, you need to start the hiring process two or three weeks ago. So the only way to know that you've got people coming is to have them always coming, right? And then the problem you get, big air quotes, is I have too many people that want in and I can't hire them all. That's the great problem you want to have. So the, the main thing, if you're on the people side, if you're taking notes, is your your hiring system must constantly run. Now, to make sure that it constantly runs, you have to hire have a hiring system you don't hate, right? The reason we don't have our hiring system running, A, we feel guilty like, oh, I, I'm hiring for a job I don't have. It's not so much. And by the way, you're never hiring for a job you don't have. <laughs> especially once you get to 20K, if you've got 5, 10, 20 employees, rarely, if ever, is everybody an A player. And every time I will replace a C employee with an A applicant every time, right? And you're like, well, that doesn't seem fair. It's absolutely fair. The guy, because you're like, what if the A applicant turns out to be a D player? Well, you don't know, but you know the C player is a C player because he's there. I'm always going to give the applicant a shot. And if he turns out to be a D player, I'm going to give the next A applicant. So there's always a job. And I'm always going to put the hours with the people that are doing a good job. Sometimes we get this weird, well, Susie's been with me for three years. So we owe her all the job. No, you don't. Whoever's going to do the best job for your client gets the hours. And we're not being harsh. That should just be the rules in the culture, right? We we go on performance. We're here to, for us, it's have fun, make money, be real and help out. And whoever's going to make the most money for our clients, ourselves, is going to have the most fun, who's going to help the most people, they get the job. So as long as you let people know that's the rules, you can follow the rules. So the system's got to constantly be running. You've got to um, have a system that's not difficult for you to run. Um, you know, and difficult to run is I put out an ad sometimes, I get 100 ad- responses. I try and call all of them, but I lose steam around 23 and I only get eight to a great appointment and only four show up. And of those four, two right off the bat, I can tell are terrible. And of the remaining two, none are great, but I need someone. So I hire them. And then the, it constantly, and then because it was such a hard process, I stopped doing it because I'm so miserable. We want a process that's automated and systematized. We teach group interview to one-on-one interview to working interview. And we have employees do the whole daggum thing. So really important that you've got a system that's constantly running. And that system isn't so painful that you turn it off all the time. Um, the magic for all of this is you've got to give something they can't get anywhere else. So no offense, guys, gals, they, uh, all these minimum wage employees are $15, $20 an hour employees, depending on what part of the country you're in. They can all, there's a thousand jobs just as good as yours. They can make just as crappy wages, right? The only, and it's not about the wages, 15 bucks an hour, 17 bucks an hour, just not a big deal. Um, I know it sounds like a lot, but at the end of the month, you know, especially if they're only working 20 hours a week, which is what we recommend, it's like five, 10 bucks. Like it's just nothing, right? So it's not the money. It's treating them with some respect, having culture and core values. Like that's what I believe, right? So we want to attract people that are all about having fun, making money, being real and helping out. They can't get that community anywhere else. We built something special here. That's why they want to be a part. And of course we pay them. But I can't convince people that don't have those values to act that way. And the people that have those values are going to act that way even without the convincing. So it's really important that you pay people based on the core values and they want to be around your community where everyone shares those values. That's the secret sauce, not the money. Um, And again, within that, you've got to pay people based on performance, not just showing up. Um, And that's all core values. Okay. So hopefully that has been super, super helpful for you. Um, For this podcast only, if you are, we did this on the... uh, 
on the live and was wildly successful. If you have a $20,000 a month company and um, you want to go to 50 or $100,000 in the next 12 months, email me directly, mike at growmycleaningcompany.com. I will do everything I can to help you get the results that you want. Thanks for hanging out, Cleaning Nation. Talk to you soon. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing, share it with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.